0: The Charlotte Ledger Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Hey, it's
1: Christina Bowling with the Charlotte Ledger, and you're listening to the Charlotte Ledger Podcast. We provide original, smart information and insights for Charlotte. You can find out more about the Charlotte Ledger and subscribe to our newsletters by going to the Today, we're talking to Dr. Cheryl Richards. She's president and CEO of Catapult which is an organization that serves employers across the Carolinas and beyond. Catapult has offices in Charlotte, Raleigh, and the Triad, and it serves more than 2,300 employers, both small companies and large corporations. Its goal is to help employers create successful workplaces, advising them on everything from human resources and employment law to benefits compensation and employee development. Cheryl spent more than 30 years in education before coming to Catapult in the fall of 2021 And most recently, she was president of Johnson and Wales University's Charlotte campus. In this conversation, we talk about how her career in academia set her up perfectly to lead Catapult. And she takes us through some of the tougher employment challenges facing companies today. I learned a lot from the conversation, and I hope you do too. We're so excited
0: to have you here on the podcast. Thank you, Christina. It is my honor. We always love to support the work that you're doing and be a resource for employers across the Southeast region.
1: I understand that you spent much of your career in university settings and in academia before you came to Catapult. And I'm wondering kind of what that experience was like, you know, if you found that there were any kind of common threads between those two, what seemed like two kind
0: of different industries. Thank you for the question. I I did spend about 32 years in higher education and most of my career was really spent on on a a leadership level, at a strategy level. And when I moved to North Carolina in 2004, I really started focusing on the workforce development aspect of higher education. So at the time I was with Central Piedmont Community College, starting up what was known as business and industry training. It was really designed to work with employers to upskill and reskill their employees for the jobs of the future. That that position ultimately led to a deanship and then starting Northeastern University. And that institution was really focused on internships and co-ops. And so that intersection of talent and the young talent coming out of higher education with the workforce, you know, what the workforce was doing at the time, was a- another common thread that led me to Johnson and Wales which is a career college really focused on developing students with the skills that the workforce needs so if you take those those experiences over really probably the last 20 years or so and match that with what catapult does catapult is as is a statewide employers association um we help about 2000 employers navigate through complex hr and people issues so when you think about that you know one of the things employers are are struggling with always is finding hiring training developing retaining their talent and so it's really not that much different than what i was doing in higher education where I was helping employers source people and source talent, make sure they had the right skills, develop them, figure out ways to retain them. And that's exactly what Catapult does for our member employers, as well as employers who aren't members through a variety of other solutions that we offer to them. Gotcha. So, I mean, Catapult is such a big resource for employers, like you talked about. What would you describe as its, being its mission? Well, I actually can articulate that because we went through an exercise when I became CEO to create our mission and vision, and I brought in about 30 people in the company to help us write our mission statement. So a little bit of background, Catapult is about a 60-year-old organization, but had come together in the pandemic in 2021. A legacy employers association in Charlotte called the Employers Association, TEA, merged with a group out of Raleigh called Capital Associated Industries, or CAI. And each of those respective entities had, you know, 50 plus years of experience serving employers. But as one single organization that had merged during a pandemic had lost both CEOs to retirement and then had a new CEO coming in, I felt it was really important that we align ourselves as one organization around our mission statement. So these teams came together to create both mission, vision, and importantly, the values that we hold ourselves accountable to and the way that we were going to operate as an organization. So out of that came our mission, which is to provide employers with the confidence to make everyday operational decisions, making their workplaces more effective and their employees more successful. And we do that in the spirit of our vision, which is to help accelerate a world where engaged people are driving the business success. So you think about the you know my transition from academia to an employer's association really all around people, but people drive businesses. And so it was important for us to say, we want to give employers resources and confidence and be a a partner with them to navigate through all the complexity of people so that their businesses can thrive. And that's really what our mission and vision is at Catapult.
1: It's interesting because when I See kind of a description of all of the different sort of avenues that you are set up to help employers or members with. It's 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 pretty vast. From it looks like law, right? Benefits, compensation, recruitment, wage and salary. Do your members tend to be small businesses or or large organizations? And you know what are some of those some of those needs? What are the ones that you're seeing? I guess people wanting needing the most help with.
0: Our sweet spot is to serve the small to medium-sized business. So I would say employers who have somewhere between 50 and 500 employees is really where we can provide great value. A lot of the larger organizations, you know, the financial institutions in our backyard in Charlotte have robust HR departments and, and, you know, they probably have upwards of 20 to 100 employees just in their HR department alone. Where we can be of value to organizations is where, indiv- where companies have smaller HR teams, either an HR one, or maybe they have up to five to maybe seven HR employees there. And so we sit alongside those organizations to be a resource to them. So I'll give you a little bit of an example by some of the services. As a membership, organization, our members have access to 24-7 HR advice. That means if they're dealing with a complex employee relations issue, they have an OSHA complaint, they have a question about something that happened over a weekend in an employment setting, they can call Catapult 24-7 and get one of our HR advisors on the phone to talk through whatever the scenario is we also provide employment law advice you mentioned and so our hr advisors kind of serve as that first point of contact and they can triage it but if they when they feel like this might be getting into a complex employment law situation then we have a partnership with employment lawyers that allows them then to take the conversation into a client protected you know, environment so that they can talk freely about the situation. We have the ability to provide employment law in North Carolina, South Carolina, and we will soon be expanding to the Virginia area. So that serves kind of the employers in our region very well. And then the other things we offer for members are things like conferences and events and peer forums for the C-suite, or we have a round table called HR of One. So, you know, where you have an HR generalist or an HR manager that's supporting an organization, but they're the only HR person, they find those peer forums and roundtables really helpful. Beyond that, we offer a whole suite of services for employers across the Southeast region. There would be things like pre-employment, recruiting, background checks, hiring, applicant tracking, You mentioned compensation and total rewards. So we do wage and hour information. We do compensation studies. We serve as the benefits administration for companies and do COBRA and FSA. We have a whole suite of learning and development where we offer public classes and online classes, as well as doing customized training for employers. And then the last area that we've really seen growth with recently is that strategic HR, So smaller to medium-sized organizations that need to, they have somebody who leaves a position and they need to outsource their HR. Catapult serves as a fully outsourced HR partner to them, or maybe they just need fractional HR to work on projects, or maybe they need some consulting or coaching for employees. So all of that falls in our strategic HR solutions.
1: It's interesting how it, they're so tailored to, it sounds like, the needs of what the different individual companies are requiring. Right. I'm curious about what some of the biggest challenges that you're hearing from your members these days. I know, you know, recruitment and retention are, are talked about so much lately. And I'm wondering, you know, in terms of keeping and, and retaining, you know, get, getting and retaining talent, what advice you give when companies ask, you know, how do you find people and how do you keep them?
0: Yeah, you're right, Christina. It is a huge topic right now. I think every employer is grappling with the talent shortage. You know, I think every decade we say there's going to be some new change that's going to affect the talent cycle, and, and we're now in the middle of it. Demographically, the population has changed. And so, you know, generationally, there aren't as many people in the workforce. And then you have the retiring baby boomers, you know, the generation that was one of the largest And then really of the changing demographics of people and and what work they're interested in and they're skilled for. So we certainly do hear that a lot from employers. In fact, we do a monthly session, a, a webinar called Thinking Differently, and we have featured recruiting tips for recruiting in that we've done an HR series event in person. Our last one last month was on recruiting because employers just need those resources. So I'll pull from a couple of those events and tell you what we have traditionally said as as ways that employers can think about addressing both recruitment and retention. The first thing is speed to hire, right? Right now, it's a very competitive marketplace. And so a lot of employers have had to ask hard questions about their process and, you know, old processes where it took a month or so to get through interviews and screening and background checks and then reference checks and then negotiations on salary, That that's just not the norm today. And you'll lose mm-hmm. candidates in the process because if it takes a month, those applicants might have three or four offers on the table. So, you, you know, you're not in the running if you don't have a speed to hire strategy. Okay. okay. So we've found, you know, a lot of and, and a lot of organizations don't have those resources for recruiting or background checks or tracking applicants. So we've seen our, you know, our outsourced resources for companies increase in those areas to just help them in the speed to hire. Okay. The, you know, being competitive, we we see we've seen a lot of salary inflation that's happened over the last few years. And so A lot of companies are now asking the question, you know, how do my salaries compare to my competitors, both for the hourly and salaried positions? So we've been talking a lot with employers around compensation studies and how can they be competitive and create some total rewards packages that doesn't put them at risk with their existing employees who you know, are, are maybe on a different level because of where they were brought into the organization. So we're dealing a lot with this wage compression issue right now mm-hmm. and helping a lot of employers think more total rewards, you know, beyond salary. what What is the total rewards package? And believe it or not, employees still want employers to focus on professional development. They still want them to show where they have a career pathway, you know, help them see a future with the organization. And so talking to employers around their professional development strategy and, you know, how are they retaining talents? Because it's it's more expensive to recruit than it is to retain. And if you have, an a, a, you know, a group of employees who come in for a few years and you've got them trained and they fit with your culture, you want to invest in them to keep them there. So I think we're, you know, those are some of the things that we're starting to help employers really think about, you know, in, in terms of recruitment and retention.
1: I'm curious about what total rewards, what falls under that category?
0: Yeah. So it's things outside of pure salary. So you think about benefits and most people go to healthcare, right? right. Medical benefits. But we've now added at at the request from a lot of our member employers that are smaller 401k opportunities so we've kind of created a 401k marketplace that maybe an employer who has 20 or 30 employees couldn't create a 401k plan on their own as a member of catapult they can participate kind of in our shared marketplace 401k plan and that reduces their administrative costs so they can now be thinking about that you know uh Professional development training is something that goes into total rewards, time off. What's your vacation policy? Is it a PTO? A lot of companies go into unlimited sick or unlimited vacation times. So we'll work with employers to help them fit a strategy that works with their culture and their business needs. Again, back to our mission, right? We're about people, but we're also about business success And so we spend a lot of time working with employers to help them find that right, happy medium between being attractive to a client, or excuse me, to an employee and being attractive as an employer, and then also getting the work done and what fits financially in their resources.
1: It's interesting how the job market, you know, how it's continuing to be so tight. And it seems like workers have a lot of leverage, like we're, we're looking at things like that, like the total rewards. It seems like they have a lot of leverage you know even from where do they want to work i'm curious about you know how employers it, it it seems like it kind of puts them in an interesting position because they have to navigate you know keeping employees happy engaged where they want to be but also like you're saying having to ha- run their business with the culture that they want and that they feel will be most effective so any thoughts about you know how they thread that needle how employers
0: can kind of thread that needle it's another great question. And I think we've seen the full spectrum in our members. So we have one of our member companies early on when the the pandemic was easing up and people were coming back to work, they actually adopted the philosophy that everyone was coming back five days a week. And they put the line in the sand and they brought everybody back, but they did it with intentionality. So they created a lot of employee engagement around that they had you know fun things that were incentivizing employees to come back into the office and they adopted that philosophy because their business was one that required people to be in the office and gradually they've now started to lighten up and say all right well now we'll you know provide an opportunity for some positions to work from home or balancing, you know, what do they call them, virtual days. Mm -hmm. So they went from one end of the spectrum where they said, all right, we're back. Let's everybody bring them back to work. We have other companies who on the complete opposite end of the spectrum have said, we're going to embrace remote work and this is now how we're going to operate. So we're never going to require employees to come into the office and we are going to use that as a talent attraction strategy. Now, their business was such that it lended itself to do that because the types of roles and the functions that they needed were not necessarily place bound. That's really hard to do if you're, you know, advanced manufacturing and you need people on the floor. But Uh it's very easy to do in some other industries. We we've seen the companies that I think struggle the most are those that are trying to split the difference and try and be all things to all people and not have, you know, a really defined strategy that they can defend and point to here's you know, here's how this aligns with our business and here's how this aligns with our culture. And and frankly, you know, Catapult, we had an interesting journey ourselves in this space. Uh, I describe this as pre-pandemic, we had two companies that were geographically bound. We had a, a group in Charlotte that served the Charlotte market. We had a group in Raleigh that served the Raleigh and Triad market. And so it was okay to require people to come in. Because our service area was geographically bound. But then during the pandemic, we merged and we created a statewide organization. So now, you know, I, I mentioned earlier we have members from Virginia down to South Carolina. We've even got some in Georgia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. We can serve those members by virtue of our statewide reach now. And we tried to bring people back into the office three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We said, everybody come back into your respective office. And what we found was that people were physically in an office, but they were behind closed doors because their team and the people they needed to work with were sitting in the opposite city. And so they had to be on Zoom. Well, there's nothing more demoralizing than bringing a bunch of people back into an office (laughs) that's them to sit behind a closed door and sit so on Zoom all day. It's, you know, it's inefficient, it's not worth their travel time. And frankly, they could be more productive just being on Zoom all day. Mm-hmm. So we pivoted as an organization and we recognized, all right, things changed. We are now a statewide organization that needs to serve a broader market. And we've got a distributed team across three geographic offices. And so we've now adopted Remote First as our philosophy. And everyone can work from home, but we have expectations. When we have training classes, you know, we obviously need our facilitators to be in person and we need our support staff to be in person. When we have client engagements, we need people to be in person for the client engagements. And we decided that since we were still forming as a new company, culturally, we wanted to have collaboration days. So we have created twice a month collaboration days where you go to one of the geographic offices. If I happen to be in Charlotte, I go to Charlotte, but if I happen to be in Raleigh that day, I'll go to Raleigh. And we have monthly activities to bring people together. And we're starting to infuse you know, community service in that and professional development training. So we ourselves as an organization pivoted to support and embrace the culture we were trying to drive while giving employees the flexibility to be efficient and do their work where it was most meaningful for them
1: interesting i mean it do you feel like we're going to continue to see these you know kind of protocols or the the rules or the guideposts evolving with companies like as I mean, some are currently evaluating their physical space needs, right? And deciding, you know, we don't need as much space, maybe, you know, tailoring some of those decisions towards, towards things like that, that it's
0: sort of the guideposts are going
1: to be moving for a little while for a lot of companies.
0: I do think the guideposts will continue to move a little bit, but for, you know, established organizations that know their their business model and what they need to serve their customers and, you know, to be successful in their industry, they probably, you know, have some non-negotiables that that they have figured out are important for their organization. They're going to have to reconcile that with the available talent because talent now has the option. We've seen it for em- member employers. You know, they... They have a candidate and the candidate says, well, I can work remotely for company A, or you're going to make me come in and work in person and the salary's the same. So I'm going to choose remote work because that gives my family some more flexibility. We've also seen employers start to hire employees in other states where the talent is more readily available if they don't have to move. So, you know, there's there's the pros and cons of hybrid work. And I think companies will have to decide what are the non-negotiables for them? And then how does that fit into the available talent? Because if ultimately businesses can't operate without people.
1: One thing I wanted to talk to you about is I understand, like in a lot of industries within HR, the professionals are stretched really thin these days that so it's kind of overwhelming as an industry. And I know that's something that you are talking about in one of your reb- webinars that's coming up, but I was wondering if you could give us a little insight inside the industry about what you know professionals in that field are, are
0: seeing these days, what they're feeling. Yeah, I I liken it a little bit to the, the nursing industry, right? When you think about everybody during the pandemic was thinking about the doctors and the nurses that were on the front lines dealing with the pandemic and there was a nursing shortage abound, right? And so they were putting in long hours and there was a high burnout. And in a lot of ways, the HR profession is very similar. The HR professionals, regardless of industry, had a lot put on their plates when COVID hit. They had to learn how to follow you know, federal guidelines, state guidelines, local guidelines, make sure the employer was in compliance with everything that happened. There's a shortage of, of a workforce. So they were trying to find talent. They had to lay off talent. They had to adapt and evolve. And that was exhausting, just like it was for the nurses and the doctors that were dealing with the physical pandemic. And, you know, as a profession, HR generalists have to deal with a lot of different things. I think if you talk to a lot of HR professionals, they'll say, I really can never predict my day when I walk in the office, because you have no idea what employee issue might come up or a curveball that might be thrown and so they really have to be nimble and agile and flexible as a as an individual serving a company and so we find that catapult has really become quite the trusted res- resource and a respite for HR professionals to feel like they're not alone navigating this complex world where they're trying to figure out everything on their own they have you know, a, a resource as peers, they have a resource in experts through our organization that can help them navigate what's just come down with the new compliance training or what new regulation has been enforced that they need to put in place. I understand that you have a webinar. We talked about it a little bit a minute ago. Called thinking differently. Can you tell me
1: about the webinar and also is it open for for anyone to to be able to watch
0: on YouTube or how, how does that work? It is. It's open for anyone. This is a monthly series that we do. It's usually the first Tuesday of every month. So tomorrow's Thinking Differently series will be featuring a topic on time management and how to overcome becoming overwhelmed and talking about, you know, really kind of balancing priorities and taking a moment to focus on yourself and your needs as well as your business needs. We we generally bring a couple speakers into this. We'll feature somebody, one of our partners outside of Catapult, as well as our resources inside Catapult that can help navigate through a challenge it is. And, and we do these series on timely topics that we think are of importance to businesses. So I mentioned we did one on recruiting and we had a partner talk about applicant tracking software and a technology tool that can streamline that for companies. Non-members are certainly welcome to join in and see what they can learn from the session. And then if it's appropriate and we can help them by becoming members of Catapult, we're always happy to help that way as well.
1: Cheryl, it's been such an honor to talk to you. We just really appreciate at the ledger all the advice and the resources that you've given us for articles over the years. So thank you so much for that.
0: Well, thank you, Christina. We so appreciate you and getting the word out and, you know, raising the questions that I think are on a lot of people's minds. If we can be helpful in answering those, you know where to find us as always. That's a wrap.
1: If you'd like to learn more about catapult check out the links in our show notes or go to letscatapult.org and if you like this podcast or our newsletters we'd love it if you tell a friend the more people who know about the ledger the more we can grow and the more high quality journalism we can provide for charlotte if you haven't signed up for the ledger what are you waiting for go to the and check us out
0: queencitypodcastnetwork.com